we play like we play. We be us. We be special. We smell greatness. We finish strong. Yes, from the top. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Big Easy Bets. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. Yeah, Macaroni Tony knows a guy selling a tractor trailer for 5050 bucks. The engine run good, but it got two flats. On today's episode, we're going to recap last week's picks. We're going to talk about UFC 243, and we're going to make our picks for this week's uh, college and NFL games. So let's start with uh, UFC 243. We'll get that out of the way. Um, I had Israel Adesanya. You had Robert Whitaker. And I am still undefeated in UFC, 5-0. and out. Israel Adesanya, I predicted a explosive third-round knockout. Really, he knocked him out in the first round. That's what we were talking about. Um, kind of got saved by the bell there. Yeah, it's a fist fight. You know, anything can happen. Um, Whitaker got knocked out in the first round, and the horn woke him up. Yeah, he, you could tell. He was out of it, walking back to his corner. So, yeah, it goes to the second round. More of the same. I mean, Whitaker was aggressive. He was out there throwing some heavy shots. Um, Adesanya took a couple shots, uh, too. I was, I mean, you haven't really seen him get hit too much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he took a big hit and then came back and hit him with that two-piece combo, and that was all she wrote. Yeah, after this fight, you got to look at Israel Adesanya as uh, one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the UFC right now. Oh, yeah, he's definitely up there for sure. So that brings me to 5-0 and o for the UFC. Literally, if I pick it, it's happening. You might as well, uh, might as well piggyback it. What does that bring you to? Two and three. Yep. And again, he picked Poirier versus uh, versus Khabib. So it was a long shot, but he was supporting the uh, the Lafayette boy. Um. So yeah, Israel Adesanya over Robert Whitaker. It's um, a big easy bet. Um. So we'll move on to what was a interesting weekend in gambling for uh betting football for sure um we'll start with college so we started out my first pick of the week was UCF versus Cincinnati we were promised a brand new Cincinnati uh, Cincinnati football field supposed to be black with these like red eyes on it uh I guess they were going for intimidation it was a lie it was a sham yeah the field was green <laughs> it was a sham they were playing the uh the UFC Golden Knights who I've been riding all year Dylan Gabriel been big on him. Uh, Dylan Gabriel looked like a hot pile of garbage, I'd say. Did you watch this one? Um, no. <laughs> well, it was a uh, three-point game, 27-24. Cincinnati pulled it out. I just want to read over the uh, first-half stats here just to show how one-sided this game was in the first half. But the score did not uh, represent that. So, first half team stats, total yards, UFC had 263 to Cincinnati's 124. First downs, UCF had 19 to Cincinnati's 7. Rushing yards, UCF 119 to Cincinnati 55. Passing yards, UCF 144 to Cincinnati 69. The story of the first half was the UCF turnovers and Cincinnati's red zone defense. This game should not have been close. This should have been an easy win for UCF. They did not convert in the red zone. They were not very efficient whatsoever, um, but it happens. It was it was a rough one to watch. I felt like it should have been an easy win, but it was not. Credit to Cincinnati for showing up to play there. Um, that's the way it goes sometimes. It was it was it was rough to watch, but 
So you had the Iowa-Michigan under 46.5? Yep. What would you go ahead and call that? Uh, 13 total points scored in this one. This this bet hits by a country mile. <laughs> one touchdown scored in the entire game. That is a, That was a brutal game to watch. I had Michigan, minus 4.5. So... <laughs> we'll take it. It was not a uh, – it was an ugly win for sure. I've been saying all year Shea Patterson is a hot pile of garbage as well. Um, and, yeah, he sucks. Harbaugh sucks. Michigan sucks. They all suck. But they covered the spread, so we'll take it. I had the LSU under 72. We were actually at this game, um, had field passes the whole nine. It was It was a pretty fun day. I was out there heckling the Utah State players, letting them know that they haven't seen anybody like Derek Stingley. And they were trying to tell me that uh, he's overrated, this and that. Stingley got an interception. I told them they'd be lucky if they sn- if they even smelled the end zone all day. They didn't score a touchdown. It was They scored six points. This game was never in doubt. The, the over-under being 72 here really kind of confused me. I mean, what were they expecting it to be, a 40-20 to 20 win for LSU? Or yeah, forty to thirty, like 50 to, tw- 50 to 20? Yeah, on last week's podcast, I said I didn't think um... – I didn't think whoever we were playing Utah State was going to score. Uh, I thought we were going to hold them to under 20 points. We hold them to under a touchdown. Yep. Um, yeah, we, we both The Russian that. concussion had it the other way, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what he was what he was thinking there. That was, I mean, they were talking all week in practice. Orgeron was getting on the defense about 12 missed tackles. They've had 12 missed tackles on what should have been sure, sure-fire tackles. Um, so, I mean – we're a top five school in the nation. If you think they're not going to respond to that and take that as a challenge to come out and hold Utah State to under not even a single touchdown, I mean, and then we had what Burrow had the ball go through uh, Thad Moss's hands for an interception, so he shouldn't have had an interception. Um, and so Utah State had what twenty yards to go for a touchdown, and the defense made a good stand, held them to another field goal. So really, they're lucky they even got six. I told them all day. I said y'all are said y'all are in for. And for a long, long day, this is uh, this can be a brutal one for y'all. They they were jawing back and forth with us a little bit, but yeah, it was inevitable. We were heckling the shit out of the kicker every time he was taking his practice kicks. We're yelling out wide right. He he's the best player on that damn team. He's the only one who came to play. I think he hit one from like forty. Might yeah, did he miss any? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure either. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so LSU under seventy two. <laughs> Never in doubt. That should have been the big easy bet of the week. So we were both on Auburn minus three versus Florida. This game really frustrated me. Bo Nix looked like a hot pile of garbage. We're keeping the trend going with that. Um, He looked like a freshman in this one, I'd say. What what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this game was very – it was wild. It was back and forth, a very sloppy game, both teams and – uh, this one turned the ball over four times apiece. Auburn throws three interceptions, loses one fumble, and Florida loses four fumbles. So there was this back and forth of hope, you know, and then let down with these with these turnovers no, in I this know. one. I, I kept thinking we're right back in it. Who was the defensive tackle for Auburn? Derek Brown. Oh uh, yeah, he was running. Oh. He was he was going going, and then the the the, the turf tackled. Him. Oh my gosh, he was just he was like he's like the little girl. Like I'm I'm gonna take a nap right here. He just laid down and said I'm done. I'm done with this. He uh he was moving though when he first got that ball. I was like Jesus Christmas, this dude is rolling. And uh yeah, then he decided to just trip up and uh take a nap. Um. 
Should have been a touchdown there. They lost by four. I mean, this was a sloppy, sloppy game by Auburn, and they still only lost by – or no, I'm sorry, Florida scored at the very end. They were down four all game. Uh, Florida scored at the very end to make it whatever, 11, 12. Yeah, I mean, neither one of these teams played very good. Auburn, um, Florida just happened to get the better role in this one. Yeah. Um, Their quarterback played a little bit better than Auburn's quarterback, and that was the difference. But both teams were terrible on third down. Obviously, the four turnovers apiece. Usually, if you turn the ball over four times, you're going to lose a game. Both of these teams do it, and one of them gets lucky enough to capitalize on it. Gus Malzahn was noticeably frustrated with uh, Bo Nix. He wasn't even hiding his frustration with the freshman quarterback. He was – I mean, he was throwing his hands up in the air. He, like, almost fell down on the grass at one point. Like, I mean, Bo Nix was making some horrible throws, so – but I don't know if that's the way you go about it, just kind of throwing your hands up in the air like, like God damn it, and then, <laughs> and then not yeah, saying I mean, anything that, to it him. It was a close game, and Bo Nix was missing some w- wide-open receivers. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I felt like Gus Malzahn was representing my uh, my thoughts exactly and how I was feeling, but I'm not the head coach who's trying to – who's got to keep that kid's head on his shoulders. Um, but, yeah, so a uh, rough game to watch. Um, Auburn, minus three. They don't get it done versus Florida. It happens. So we and we were both on Auburn there. Actually, shit, son of a bitch. Auburn was my big easy bet of the week. So that's my first loss on the uh, on the big easy bets. Um, so that was brutal. So that brings me to three and one overall for my big easy bets. Um, I had Tulane minus two and a half versus who are they playing Army. We said if you stop, really, if Tulane jumps out to a lead. I knew Army would have been forced to throw. It wouldn't have gone their way at all. They'd throw out of the least amount out of any team in the country. Uh, Tulane did jump out to a pretty substantial lead. I think they were up by three touchdowns at one point. Army made a late push, but it was pretty much garbage time. This game, this game wasn't really in doubt. Tulane's got a solid defensive line. I figured they'd be able to stop the run, and they did just that. So, Tulane minus two and a half. That's a big easy bet. Um, you had Texas minus ten and a half. Did you ever get? Did you get a chance to watch that one? Yeah, I watched the end. Texas was leading this game by 18 points on two separate occasions in the fourth quarter. Um, West Virginia scores a garbage touchdown at the end to make it an 11-point victory for Texas. Texas wins this game, and my bet I had Texas plus 10, um, minus 10 and a half. Yep. Then we both picked on opposite ends of the scale. Um, the Kansas State and Baylor game, this game did not go how I thought it would go at all. I thought Kansas State was going to control um, the game through the uh, through the through on the ground, through the run game. And what are you smiling at over there? What are you smiling <laughs> at over there? Yeah, he had Baylor plus two. I knew Baylor likes to throw the ball all over the field. I thought Kansas State would have uh, held a little stronger there in the secondary. And it wasn't, it wasn't a – far and away blowout or anything it was pretty close for the most part in the first half but then Baylor started pulling away so I really wish I wouldn't have picked that one but I felt good about it it didn't go my way but it went your way so that brings us to your big easy bet of the week the Marshall Thundering Herd yeah they took on Middle Tennessee State University who yeah um (laughs) The Thunder and Herd lose this one by 11 points, but in all actuality, they lead most statistical categories in this game. 
dominating in total yards, 578 total yards to 401 total yards for Middle Tennessee State. Um, penalties killed killed Thunder and Hurd in this one. Six penalties for 59 yards. They had four turnovers to Middle Tennessee's zero turnover. So plus four in the turnovers for um, Middle Tennessee, that's going to usually get you a victory. Um, I honestly believe that if um, Marshall doesn't go two for six on fourth down and uh, can take care of the ball a little bit better, that this would have been an easy win. But they don't, and it cost me. It happens. So that brings us for big easy bets to me, three and one, you, one and two. And I've got one more bet that I uh, had for college. The last one of the day, I think they started, they kicked off at 930 the Boise State Blue Broncos, baby. I've said it over and over again. I am addicted to betting Boise State. They should be 5-0 and against the spread this year. They are 4-1. and So this game was incredible. Boise State is 23-point favorites against UNLV. Boise was up 24 to nothing. UNLV could do absolutely nothing against their defense. I mean, they were controlling them all game. So once they hit 24, I thought I was good. Well, they had back-to-back 15-yard penalties on uh, two of their defensive players, one in the secondary and one on the D-line, I believe, resulting in – I mean, it put – it moved UNLV from, like, the 50-yard line to inside the 20, just about, and basically handed them a touchdown. So, I mean, I, oh, I was pissed. I really was. So then they went from up 24 to, what, up 17? Well – Boise winds up scoring. Well, on another note, Curtis Weaver in this game, the defensive end for Boise, is an absolute animal. This dude is ridiculous. I don't even know how many sacks he had, but I want to say like five. Um, so Boise winds up scoring. In, um, oh, I'm sorry. Before they wound up scoring, they um, intercept a pass on, from UNLV on fourth and 20. Instead of batting the ball down, which would have gave it to him at like the 20-yard line, they flip the field and go all the way down to the other 20. So they have a chance to go cover the spread, though. So that's all that matters. The running back, Helwani, flips the field back with, like, a 60-yard run. And then they, at this point, they have the backup quarterback in. They've taken Hank Bachmeyer out. So I'm like, okay, they've got the, they got the scrubs in. So this isn't looking good. Well, the backup quarterback throws a deal for dime, and they're up 23 at this point. So beautiful throw. They go to kick the extra point, and the damn kicker banks it off of the upright. And it banks <laughs> it banks in for 24. Um, so he doinks it in to cover the spread at 24. Well, of course, Boise's got the backups in, and they're playing prevent defense. So I'm sitting there. And you got to think, this is like 1 in the morning at this point. So I'm up watching this at 1 in the morning in my in my bedroom, like going nuts. So they're playing prevent defense. They drive all the way down the field. Quarterback scrambles out the pocket to the left and throws a touchdown. So I'm furious. There's a, like a minute left in this game. UNLV goes for the onside kick. Boise recovers this damn onside kick and starts returning that bitch to the – they return it, so they're going. I'm jumping out of bed. I'm like, go, go, go. They get to the damn four-yard line and get tackled. Well, against Marshall, the only game that Boise has not covered so far this year, they had the ball on the six-yard line with a chance to cover the spread, and they took a knee which you never want to see if you're gambling on a game. Well, he must uh the coach of Boise must have got some some talk from the uh the booster club and uh 
they let him he ran that bitch in from the four yard line to cover the spread of 23 and this was i've never had these go in my favor i've had i've been screwed by a few of these winding up on bad beats on the wrong end but not this time baby the boise state blue broncos refused to not cover the spread for me you i take it you didn't watch this game it was late yeah i was long gone it was oh man it was it was something to see Leave I can there. imagine. I can imagine the excitement, the, the 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 sweat and tears going along with it. But um, and this was to close it out to keep me positive, to keep me in the green on a college football weekend. So it was a hell of a game. That puts me at four and three for the weekend. That puts Nick at three and two. Overall, that brings us to a thirty-three and twenty-two record for Big Easy Bets. Uh, bet in college football. That is exactly sixty percent. Individually, I'm at 62.5%, and Nick is at 53%. I mean, all over the board when it comes to college football, we're in the green. If we're picking at a 60% rate, guys, that's pretty damn good. And, I mean, we're only looking to uh, go up from there. So, I mean, that's a, that's a solid start for college. I'm pretty pretty happy with that. I don't know about you. Yeah, and, you know, um, I think you've seen it with both of us as, as the year's gone on. We've gotten better uh, with our picks. You know, I had a 0-3 week uh, um, early in the season. Since then, I'm picking at around 60%. I've gone 6-4 and four and 3-2 and two the past two weeks, so that's exactly at 60%. Yep. Um, you yep. know, we're trying to do a little bit better, but 60% is good. Yeah, I mean, that. If anybody who gambles consistently knows that this comes with the territory, you're not going to win every game. Anybody who says they're in the green every single week is lying to you, except us, I guess, when it comes to college football because we've yet to uh, be in the red. But, yeah, I mean, that's why they call it gambling, guys. This is what happens. But still, yet another weekend in the green for college football. We're going to keep it rolling next week. Um, So we'll move on to the NFL, which was a shit show for me. Not so much for you, but, again, not that good for you either. Nope. A shit show for me, though. This is the worst week of picking NFL football that I've had since I've started gambling. We went 0-5-1. I mean, you got to try to do that. Like, like was I trying to get these picks wrong? You got to try to go 0-5-1. So we started the, started the week off with the Thursday game. I took the Rams plus one. Greg Zerline wants to hit from fucking 85 against the Saints, but can't hit a 44-yard field goal to cover the spread and win the game for the Rams. But at the end of the day, I'm glad the Rams lost. I don't like Jared Goff. I don't like – I got to like Todd Gurley, I guess, just for fantasy purposes. But I don't like Sean McVay. I don't like the Rams at all. So lost the bet, but the Saints have now moved into – well, we got the edge over the Rams in the NFC. The the 49ers are still undefeated, but fuck them. Um, yeah, I had the Seahawks. Yep. So we both pushed this one. It's a one-point win for the, for the Rams. If you got the line later, you might have got Seattle at one and a half. So if you picked the Rams, you might have got a win barely. But um, Yep. Yeah. So, so, yeah, Seahawks take the win there. Russell Wilson is good, man. That's what I, I, I keep I keep saying. It's that's hard why, to bet against him. That's what the re- number one reason why I picked him. I said that he would improvise. He did that. He made a lot of um, good plays. How about that throw to Tyler Lockett oh, in the God. catch? I think they said he had like a four percent chance of completing that uh, play, like through analytics and all that. Um, yeah, Tyler Lockett had 
like 0.2 yards of uh, space, they said, to get his feet in. Like something crazy. I don't know. They were they were diving into the analytics of the percentages of completing that catch. And that's like one you got – that's like a one out of 100. I, I was watching. I was like, holy shit. Like did he really just get his feet down? That was that was ridiculous. Tyler Lockett is an underrated receiver. Very. Um, That was – yeah, that was very impressive. But, yeah, Russell Wilson is just – I mean, he's probably – other than Christian McCaffrey – it's it's him and McCaffrey for MVP of the league right now, in my opinion. It is a uh, he he's he's representing. He's making it look. Yeah, like the with Mahomes taking it. a step back, it's definitely Russell Wilson and Christian McCaffrey leading the pace right now. Obviously, it's going to be much harder for uh, Christian McCaffrey to keep up those performances just because he's a running back, and it's yep. harder for a running back to keep going for two hundred a game. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and Russell Wilson's the best player on his team. The Seahawks move through Russell Wilson. They win games through Russell Wilson. So. Yep. Yeah, it'll def- he'll definitely have an easier road of winning the Heisman. I mean, uh, the Heisman, winning the MVP. But So, yeah, Thursday game was a push for both of us. And then my next one, I had the Jaguars plus three and a half versus the Carolina Panthers. This game, I, I got to say, I got to give hats off to Minshew Mania. He makes it a game every time. It seems this guy is never out of it. Um, I'm a believer. I'm a fan. But there was a strip sack that was returned for a touchdown. Like they were in Carolina territory, so Carolina returns it all the way for a touchdown. Jaguars had three opportunities at the end of the game to throw a hail mary to try to uh, tie the game to send it to overtime. He threw one to Leonard Fournette that I thought Fournette was about to come down with, but he kind of got hit in the back as they were both going up, and it kind of impeded his jump. But So, yeah, plus three and a half on the Jaguars. They wound up losing by seven. I had the Titans minus two and a half versus the Bills. I made this bet assuming that Josh Allen was not going to be playing. He played. I've been big on the Bills all year. I picked them, I think, three weeks out of the year. I'm still going to take a loss here, but I thought Josh Allen was not playing. We record these episodes on Tuesday. That's no excuse, I know. But, yeah, Titans minus 2.5. They lose by 7. Saints and Bucks under 47. I regretted this one after I put it. And, I mean, I bet all of these games. So, I regretted this pick as soon as I put it down just about because I had been hearing how they're going to take the training wheels off with Teddy Bridgewater. And they did just that. I mean, the Buccaneers were just coming off of a 54-point showing against the Rams in L.A. Under 47 here was a bad pick. I'll own that one for sure. But the Saints got another win. Saints are looking good. Marshawn Lattimore is the best cornerback in the league right now. Is that fair to say? Yes, I think it's fair to say. I have back-to-back phenomenal showings against the Cowboys shutting down Amari Cooper and then this past week shutting down um Mike Evans and Marcus Davenport yeah Marcus Davenport's coming along I thought Marcus Marcus Davenport had an exceptional rookie year um for not playing it that much he and he was hurt he was hurt for most of the year yeah he didn't play a lot he got five sacks his rookie year I'm not sure where he's at right now but um there's a lot of guys with um a lot of sacks. Yeah. The guy we just played, who was it? Um, Shaquille Barrett. He had nine sacks. He had nothing. Not yeah. a quarterback hit, not He didn't a get a tackle, I think. Yeah. I think he didn't have a tackle in the game. Um, Ryan Ramchek's the best right tackle in the league, in the league, and Teron Armstead's one of the best left tackles. I mean, we we have probably the best tack, offensive tackle combo in the NFL. 
Yeah, and then who we have Warford yeah. at guard and yep. Pete. Andrews Pete, yep. All, all these guys are capable of making the Pro Bowl. We have the rookie at um, center. Yep. yep, our first pick in the draft, Eric McCoy out of A&M. I don't think he gave up a sack his entire college career. Guys, you gotta you got to build the offensive line to have success. Look at the Cleveland Browns last night. Cleveland Browns have talent all over the field except offensive line. And Baker's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. So that brings us to our Browns, plus three and a half pick. We both were on the Browns, plus three and a half. They got the shit kicked out of them by the 49ers. I thought Baker was going to have a great year. Like I said, I put my money where my mouth was. I drafted him in two out of my three fantasy leagues. Not good. (laughs) Not good. He has, uh, I mean, he's got no offensive line, I know, but he looks like he has regressed. This was, and I'll own this pick. I was big on Baker. I even went as far as to say he would put up Mahomes-type numbers. Not that far. Like, not that extreme, but I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to light it up. You got Odell, you got Jarvis, you got Nick Chubb, you've got uh, Najoku. I know Najoku got hurt. Nick Chubb ran his ass off last week. So, I mean, there's no excuse. The run game's there. I, yeah, and I mean, and Nick Chubb did well um, this past game too. Just them getting off to a slow start, them getting behind in this game yeah. did not allow them to keep running the football in the second half. He did have. An it seemed like every time the um, the Browns went to throw the ball, they either threw an interception or 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 Baker Mayfield fumbled the ball in yeah. the first half. So. Yeah, Nick Bosa was a beast in this game. He was all over Baker Mayfield getting revenge for him planting the flag against Ohio State in college. Um, He did have a pass to Antonio Callaway on the goal line that should have been caught for a touchdown. Callaway bobbles it and then hits it up into the air, resulting in an interception. That one's not on Baker, but it is in the the, uh, stat sheet. So Browns plus three and a half, that was a loss. I had the Ravens minus three and a half against the Steelers. Um. Who's the quarterback? Mason Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, he got absolutely knocked out. Uh, he got then, knocked out on his feet, and then and fell then the down. cart died. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. They bring the damn cart out. They're about to put him on a backboard. The cart died, and they said, "Uh, you think you could just get up and walk?" Yeah, they started trying to push it with people, and I was like, "This is <laughs> this is terrible." <laughs> the damn guy could have. For all we know, he could have had a broken neck, and they're like, "Ah, well, the cart's dead. So, do you mind walking to a?" Uh, Walking to the sideline, he was – oh, man, he was out. That was bad. That was big-time bad. I don't know if you saw Juju's reaction. Juju just, like, fell on the ground. Like, oh, shit. That was, that was scary. I mean, it, it was it was a big hit by Earl Thomas, but I didn't think it was that bad. It was kind of just like a boxer. He got caught on the chin. He got caught in the right was spot. It, was there a flag thrown for it? I don't remember. I'm not sure. Um, judging by the way the league is going now, yes, but I couldn't say for sure. Yeah, I think there was talk or debate um, through some media that um, should Earl Thomas be suspended. I didn't no. see the hit, but um, yeah. I think no, no, I think that's ridiculous. It didn't even really look that bad. It looked like he just got caught right on that sweet spot, and the lights went out. And I mean, it was like it was timber. He fell straight down. No, didn't catch himself. Didn't brace his fall or anything. So that was big time. Uh, that was that was brutal to see. But Ravens wind up kicking a field goal. Justin Tucker squeaks one in, um, and they win by three, and we lose our bet of Ravens minus three and a half. So, yeah, 0-5-1 for college. I mean, for NFL, for me, um, that was the worst weekend in NFL that I've had in recent memory. I couldn't tell you a worse weekend that I've had. 
I will not I, – I will have better success this week. I can assure you of that. Um, but, yeah, there's no nothing I can say to justify it, guys. It was a rough weekend. So you had the Packers plus three and a half, right? Yeah, I had the Packers as underdogs going into Dallas. They get out to a, to a big lead. Yeah, I think it was, what, 24 to three at one point? Yeah, and then they tried to – let the pa- uh let the Cowboys back in it, but uh, I was too too late. The effort was too late for the Cowboys. The Packers win this one by ten points. And then I had the the Jags with Logan. I had the um the Browns as well. Both those didn't go our way. And then I was on the opposite side of the push with uh Logan minus one for the Seahawks game. So yeah, one two and one. Not good, but uh, I guess it could have been worse. Oh, for you, yeah, definitely could have been worse for me. No, um, yeah, that's about as bad as it gets for me. But yeah, no, I mean one, two, and one, it happens. Um, so yeah, that brings our individual records for me NFL to seven, eleven, and one. Ew, for Nick six, eight, and one, and our overall Big Easy Bets record for NFL nine, twelve, and one. So guys, obviously we have been. Uh, or I at least have been focusing more on college. I feel like I've been diving into college to make an educated pick with those games. And with the NFL, I've kind of just felt like I've kind of been feeling it out going by the eye test. Um, I'm going to make sure that I really dive in and spend as much time on these NFL picks as I have with the college picks. Um, I look to pick it up this week for sure. So with that being said, we will move on to this week's slate of games. Um, got a Wednesday game this week that doesn't happen that doesn't happen every week it is the ULL the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns versus Appalachian State Appalachian State is a one-point underdog this game is in Lafayette I like the Raging Cajuns here what about you yeah I like the Raging Cajuns as well if we got any listeners in Lafayette we need you to show up on Wednesday night we need you to make some noise for the Raging Cajuns Y'all have a good football team. Y'all need to back them. And if y'all show up, the Raging Cajuns are going to get the victory. Maybe that's the trick to charge your players 50 bucks to play. I mean, they're 4-1. and one. Yeah, they're trying to get them to pay for tickets. It's four, they're 4-1. Four and one. That shit's yeah. working. Anyways, I know it's a Wednesday. I know y'all might have tests on Thursday, but your teachers need to move them back because the football team in Lafayette's taking a big step forward with this new coach. And um, it ought to be exciting for uh, people that are – leaning towards Lafayette in the state of Louisiana. Yeah, get out there, pack the stadium, make it loud, and do whatever you can to make sure that uh, ULL covers the spread. Yeah, get, get, get a lot of beer in you. You know, don't do <laughs> anything too stupid to uh, cost your team any penalties, but um, make some noise and get a little bit rowdy for your school. So we are both on ULL minus one versus Appalachian State on a Wednesday. You got you to gotta love having something to watch in the middle of the week. Um. So my next pick, I believe it's a Thursday game, um, Syracuse versus NC State. NC State is minus five, so they're five-point favorites. Uh, I believe this is in NC State. Um, NC State hadn't played anybody this year. They've lost to Florida State last week, 31-13. They lost to West Virginia, 44-27. to They've got wins against no-name teams. I think Ball State might be one of their wins. Um, this isn't. Syracuse came into this into the season with high expectations. I think they were ranked in the preseason. Uh, they fell off the map. They had a forty-one to six loss to Clemson. 
They lost to another team, another quality team. Pretty bad. Oh, Maryland, not even a quality team. They lost to a, a team full of imposters, like by sixty. Tommy DeVito has really struggled this year. The quarterback for Syracuse. I look for him to have a good game. I like Syracuse to cover the spread of plus five here versus NC State. I think they try to get get the train back on the tracks. Yeah, and I think when you look at this game. I expect this one to be close. I think five, five is a little bit too much. So, um, yeah, the five. I'm in agreement here with you, but I'm I'm taking it easy on college this week. I'm not gonna um, second this pick, but it it does seem like a good pick to me. Yeah, five seems like a lot there uh, to me. So, another one. I believe this is a Friday game. So we got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, the Virginia. What are they? The Commodores. Um. Yeah, Virginia, yeah. Yeah, they can be, sure. Commodores. Virginia, uh, West Virginia, Virginia Tech. Uh, I can't <laughs> keep up with all the Virginias, to be quite honest. So they are going to Miami to play the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I like Virginia here. They're 20 in the nation. Miami is Miami. I like this pick. I don't love it. Miami sat Jaron Williams last week after three interceptions, and they wound up looking better. Uh, you actually were talking to me about this one. So you said they sat Williams after three picks and then Yeah, he threw three interceptions push. and he uh, got pulled, I think, in this game. The backup comes in and plays fairly well, brings them back into the game. But um, they were playing Virginia Tech in this one, and uh, Virginia Tech ends up scoring a late touchdown to win it by seven. But, um, yeah, looking at this game, Miami's at home. They're favored by a point or a point and a half. Yeah, I got it at a point and a half. Um, yeah, this was a hard one. I I was looking at picking this game. I end up staying away from it. I do like uh, Virginia's quarterback. I like his mobility. Um, Bryce Perkins. I bet against him this year, and w- watching him play has been tough because of the way he extends plays and uh, picks up third downs with yep. his legs. Yeah, they said Bryce Perkins was a dark horse. Like, obviously not one of those front-runner guys, but a dark horse for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, I know he struggled, but I look for him to uh, be a dynamic player in this game and make some plays to uh, pull it out for him. Yeah, I mean, my, I mean, to me it's a tough one just because of um, Miami's got lost some game, close games this year. So, you know, they're hungry for a win and they need a win to – try to stay alive for um bowl eligibility at this point they're two and three right now so um i don't know virginia they're four and one right yeah yeah number 20 in the nation like i said i don't love this pick it's gonna be a good game i think so yeah i'm be excited to watch it so that brings us to the red river rivalry which is oklahoma versus texas in jerry's world in Dallas at AT&T Stadium. Um, I mean, this is going to be the game of the week, the game of the weekend, well, other than LSU and Florida, which we'll talk about here in a second. But, yeah, Texas is 10.5-point underdogs. I think I'm rolling with the Longhorns here. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm also going with Texas. And um, the reason why is um, usually this is a, this game's settled by less than seven points in recent history. Um, in the Big 12 championship, it was uh, a 12-point victory for Oklahoma last year. But in this game last year, during the regular season, um, Texas 
serves Oklahoma their only loss last year. Um, the fact that Texas has already played LSU plays a big part and the reason why I'm picking Texas in this one, they're familiar with uh, a tough game, a close game. Um, Oklahoma hasn't played anybody of Texas's caliber yet. Texas, to me, is one of the best teams in the country with one loss at this point. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, this could be a good value bet for for a money line bet because you're going to be getting a, a lot a lot back if you want to only risk a little to win a lot. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, no, yeah, yeah, this is a big rivalry game. Both teams are going to be fired up. Jalen Hurts looked human last week. He struggled a little bit. I like Ellinger. Ellinger impressed me versus the Tigers um, in the second game of the year. I think. Um, I mean, neither one have a really good defense here. I don't know what the over-under is on this game, but that might be something to look into. Oklahoma has a spotty defense. Texas has a spotty secondary. Um, But I think, I mean, this 10.5 points, this is just like Georgia and Notre Dame uh, two weeks ago. I felt like that was too many points for two two teams in the top 10 to to go against. So, I mean – Ten and a half points in the Red River rivalry here. That's a hard one. Say that three times fast. Red River rivalry. <laughs> um, I'm taking Texas here. Plus yeah, ten and a half to cover the spread. I think if you look at this game, who's who's Texas played? The best team they've played is LSU. Said this already. Um, I think LSU's defense is a much better defense than Oklahoma's defense is going to be. Without a doubt. If Ellinger plays as well as he played against LSU, I'm thinking Texas is going to win this football game. The only thing is, is to me, um, Ellinger hasn't played yeah, at yeah. that at at that uh, level this whole season. LSU was his best game by far. Yeah, he's played down since then. Um, he hasn't kept that consistent. But he's he's running. He still can run the ball well. He's I think he scored two touchdowns last week on the ground. Um, I still look for this game to be close. I think ten and a half points is t- is too much. Let's see what the over under is. I mean, the, even if it, even if okay. I can see, yeah, seventy five points. Eh, that's a lot of points. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, that's a lot. I could see like a, I could see like a thirty five to thirty one, something like that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 that's too many for me. Too many for me to go with that. Um, but look, the money line here is a plus three hundred five. Or yeah. a minus three ninety for Oklahoma. I mean, look, if you put ten bucks, no, oh, yeah, there's value there. You can win thirty and thirty dollars and fifty cents on that bet. Um, I mean, look, anytime you can bet ten bucks, yeah. I mean, what's what's the big deal in losing that if you can get thirty dollars back plus your ten dollars your risk? Um, yeah, no, if you're getting three times, I mean, a hundred dollars to win three hundred dollars plus your hundred back, that's a quality. Yeah, look, I don't expect any. A lot of our listeners to be betting a, a whole bunch of money, but um, yeah, I mean, if you want to do safe bets, this is definitely one where you can you can get a jump because you know it's not a even. It would pay high, double the money a even bet, oh, yeah. even money bet would pay. Yeah, so yeah, this is uh, I mean, this is the Red River rivalry. This is normally a close game. Ten and a half seems like too many here. We're both on Texas plus ten and a half. Um. That brings me to Penn State at Iowa. Iowa is four-and-a-half-point underdogs. Penn State is the number 10 team in the country. Iowa is known for the end of the first quarter. They turn around and wave to the Children's Hospital. That's a great uh, great little tradition they have there. Um, that's the best thing they got going for them. I, take, I like Penn State here, minus four-and-a-half. 
I like Clifford at quarterback. He's got 1,443 yards through the air, 12 touchdowns, and two interceptions. He's got a 79.9 quarterback rating, which is 11th in the nation. And Penn State only allows 50 yards on the ground a game. If Iowa can't run the ball, that leaves Nate Stanley to really have to win him the game, and I think he's not. He, he's going to make mistakes before uh, he pulls out a win versus Penn State. So, yeah. yeah you got the Hawkeyes in this one at home taking on the Nittany Lions, huh? <laughs> that's a funny name to me. The Nittany Lions? The and Nittany that's the thing. Lions. I don't know what a Nittany Lion is, but um, I know Penn State's a good football team. I bet against them. Um, that's the Maryland pick. I bet against them twice this year. Once one was one I didn't broadcast. It was a pits. Um, it was a no. I bet with Penn State against Pittsburgh, and it, it yep. ended up being a close game. Yep, yep. And then I was like, ah, Penn State's <laughs> they're overrated. And then I go and I bet um Maryland. Maryland. I'm like, all right, six and a half points. That at. was a barn burner. Yeah. Well, P- Penn State showed that uh their run defense is for real. They shut Maryland down. Uh, I think they held them to under 50 yards rushing. Yep. Yep. And then they put up 59 on him. Uh, number one for Penn State. I'm not sure what his name is, but that guy's got some moves when he gets in the uh, open field. He's a, war- a receiver for Penn State. Um, they do a good job running the ball. Uh, also running the ball with the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think exactly what you said. If um, if they can hold, if they can stop them on the they're, ground, they're going to be able to stop them. Yeah. I don't think that's much of a question. The only thing, it, it's at home, but uh, if it comes down Penn to a State's, shootout, if it comes down to a shootout between Clifford and Stanley, I like Clifford there every day of the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stanley's, he's a guy who struggled with with his accuracy, and uh, mm-hmm. he's turned the ball over a bit this year. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with you on this one. Actually, I'm gonna go uh, with Penn State, get um, giving up four and a half. I like it. I like it. So we're both on Penn State minus four and a half versus the Iowa Hawkeyes. Penn State, the number ten team in the country, and James Franklin loves to make sure he covers that spread for the boosters. So we're both locked yeah, in on yeah, that. One, one thing I have noticed is um, Penn State they have they usually um, when they have Barkley on their team that. They started off the first ten mm-hmm. games like nine and one yep. that that season, and uh, yeah, Penn State does a good job covering the spread historically. I think. No, yeah, it's known. It's known throughout the country that James Franklin, if he has an opportunity to cover the spread, he will do it. So, that's always good to know when you're betting on a team. So my last pick for college, I'm going back to him straight to the bank, baby. The Boise State Blue Broncos <laughs> minus twelve and a half versus your favorite Hawaii. Hawaii loves to throw the ball all over the field. I have faith in Boise State's secondary. Boise State, minus 12.5. Lock it in, riding them straight to the bank, and that'll close out my college football picks. Does that close out yours? Yeah. All right, so to recap, I have UL, minus 1 versus Appalachian State on a Wednesday. I've got Syracuse, minus, or plus 5 versus NC State on a Thursday. We got Virginia, Plus one, or I'm sorry, yeah, plus one and a half on a Friday versus Miami. So we got a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday game, folks. You bet these, you got stuff to watch all week. Then we're going to the Red River rivalry. We got uh, Texas plus ten and a half versus Oklahoma in Jerry's World. And then I got Penn State minus four and a half versus Iowa and close it out with the Boise State Blue Broncos minus 12 and a half. Yep, you got football on damn near every day of the week. You gotta <laughs> love it. What a time to be alive. So go ahead and recap yours for everybody. Um, 
yeah, I, I got three of yours as my lone three picks this week in college. I got UL um, favored by one point against Appalachian State. Look for Jamarcus Bradley, my favorite cousin, to make a big difference in this <laughs> one. Come up with a big catch in the end zone. Um, we you, you got Texas. We're going with them plus 10.5 as underdogs in the Red River rivalry. And then I'm going with Penn State as well, giving up four and a half against Iowa on the road. But we like Penn State in this one. Yep. And then, again, I have Boise minus 12 and a half. Guys, we're picking at a 60% rate here, 33 and 22. Tell them to bring me my money. If we pick it, we're, we're normally – these are some solid picks that we're handing out. Y'all better take advantage of these. So – We'll try to hurry this up. We're looking at about 45 minutes here now on the episode. We'll try to hurry this up for uh, NFL. I have three picks for the NFL. Like I said, we're always going to pick the Thursday game for you. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. Minus 16 and a half. I'm taking the Patriots here. It's going to be a brutal game to watch. I'll probably take my time watching the Syracuse-NC State game and then flip back and forth to the Patriots, but... It's going to be a rough one to watch. It's going to be a sweat fest if you really put a lot on this game. Um, I don't feel great about it, but we said we pick it. I'm not picking the Giants. Giants are without Saquon. Looking like they're going to be without Evan Ingram. They are without Wayne Gallman, so they're going to be running a third string uh, running back. Um, yeah, is Brandon Jacobs anywhere to yeah, be found? Yeah, I know. Is Tiki Barber coming back from the dead? Um, even though he's, yeah, he's not dead. But, I mean, what talk he's about – He's retired. Talk about the dumbest uh, – on a on a segue here, Tiki Barber hating on Tom Coughlin and all that, and them booting him and then winning the Super Bowl next year. And then, uh, do you remember that the uh, the news program made him go interview Eli Manning in the locker room after the uh, Super Bowl? They made um, Tiki Barber. Yeah, the, it was the year after he retired. They beat the Patriots, and Eli got a ring, and uh, like the Giants won the Super Bowl, and he had to go. He had just retired from the team and had to go interview him. You know, he had to be pissed. Yeah, and then. Tom Coughlin, uh, he's a good coach. Oh yeah, he's he's gotten two Super Bowls over the best team in, in the history of all all teams, basically because the the Patriots have been the best team in football. They're arguably one of the best teams in all of the history of sports. Yeah, I mean, as we know got, it. Yeah, you kind of got to give it to them at this point. I mean, and even the way they've started this season, on, on another season, they they've started undefeated five and zero. There's not a chance in hell the Giants win this game. <laughs> in defense of that, with them being five and out, they have played a cupcake schedule. Yeah, and then they get another one. Who's setting up the schedule? Because you know it seems, I know. it seems suspect. The the Saints have to go through hell in the first yep. five, four or five weeks. But uh, the Patriots are playing. They just uh, get nobodies. gifted. They get gifted, and with the Chiefs losing, they they're gonna have home field advantage throughout the damn playoffs at this point. The Patriots could go undefeated. Yeah, I'm not. They might play the Chiefs. They do play the Chiefs at the end of the year. So we'll see what happens in that game. But the Chiefs have uh, shown that they can be beaten. Mahomes is looking human, falling back to uh, planet Earth with Earth with the rest of us. But uh, yeah, I mean, I look for him. Yeah, the, the, they're sneaky. They're getting sneaky on him with them blitzes. Yep. Yep. He's so, got that bum ankle too. In this now. game, I can't pick either way. What I think's going to happen is I think the Giants are going to come into this game fired up. I think they're going to be ready. And they're going to know that they're going to have to score points early in this one for it to be a close one. I think the Giants um, maybe get up on the Patriots in, in, the full, in the first quarter, maybe get two touchdowns in that first quarter. But after that, I think the Patriots are going to run away with this one. However, 
I'm not going to pick the spread. I'm going to go with over 42.5 points in this one. I think the Giants know they're going to need a score from the get-go, and that's what they're going to try to do. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I, I'm thinking they're going to be able to find oh. a way. Uh, maybe Golden Tate can Golden Tate's going to have to pull go for off one of those 300 special yards. games. 300 yards and three touchdowns out of Golden Tate is what you're going to need there. Um, so you're going with the rookie versus the Bill Belichick defense? Yeah, uh, I'm not going with – I'm not – Well, you're going to – Yeah, over. yeah. No, I know. I but, think the Patriots can score 60 on them. Yeah, that's but, a good um, point. It's a good point, good point. Um, I'm I'm thinking the Giants are going to be able to score at least two touchdowns in this one, and I, I think that it the the over is going to go over. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I'm Patriots minus sixteen and a half. There, he's going with the over forty two and a half. Yep. So the next game in line is the Panthers and the Buccaneers in London. Panthers are minus two, I believe. Um, I'm going with the Panthers here. I can't ever bet on Jameis Winston ever. No matter what, I don't care if he's playing Iowa. I, I can't take I can't take Jameis Winston here. Like I said, he ate that W. He ate his career away. Never will be the same. Uh, he looked human against the Saints. I know he had a crazy day against the Rams the week before, but he looked right back to his old Jameis self. He got bailed out on two interceptions, one by Marcus Williams and one by Eli Apple. Really questionable defensive holding call there. They didn't specify a number on who on the defense it was, and then they did not show a replay. So don't exactly know why that one got brushed under the rug, but Jameis looked like shit. Jameis always looks like shit, and Jameis will always look like shit. I like the Panthers here, minus two. I know the Bucks have already beat them. I don't see Jameis sweeping the – I mean, yeah, I don't see Jameis uh, sweeping the Panthers. And Kyle Allen, 3-0 and for the Panthers. Better than Cam Newton, huh? Yeah, I mean, the, um, <laughs> with Cam Newton this year, the Panthers could not win a game. He couldn't hit the, um, he couldn't throw the ball in bounds on fifty percent of his passes. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Cam, when Cam Newton gets healthy, what what are they gonna do? Especially if Kyle Allen keeps winning football games. McCaffrey though has been carrying this team. Oh yeah. If you look at what the Buccaneers were able to do with Alvin Kamara, um, if they can do that. To Christian McCaffrey, the the Panthers don't have a, a Mike Thomas to go to. Yeah, so that's that's a fair point actually because that we were talking about this earlier. They keyed on Kamara all game and kept him to an average game. Um, he still produced, but they kept him to an average game. But that opened it up for Michael Thomas to go nuts. I think he had what eleven for a hundred and seventy and two touchdowns, something ridiculous. Um, yeah, that's a good point. The Panthers don't have that guy. I do like DJ Moore, but I mean he's no Michael Thomas. He couldn't even. He couldn't hold Michael Thomas's jockstrap, but uh, I don't like Jameis, so I'm going with the Panthers here. Yeah, um, as my stepfather Lionel would say, I'm gonna have to go with the Buccaneers here and Jameis Winston. Jameis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm on the Panthers minus two. He is on the Buccaneers plus two in London, representing for the NFL over there uh, across the pond. And my last bet of the week which brings me to my big easy bet of the week. So my lock is the New Orleans Saints plus one versus Minshew Mania and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I've said over and over again, I'm a believer in Minshew Mania. This guy is a beast. He will always keep you in the game, but that doesn't mean he's going to always win it for you. Saints plus one, us being underdogs in this game, I think is disrespectful. No, James, I mean, uh, no Jalen Ramsey. We have one of the best run defenses in the league. I think we'll be able to contain Fournette. 
Marshawn Lattimore is absolutely erasing people on his side of the field. Eli Apple played a hell of a game. Minshew Mania, old Gardner's been under uh, under pressure every game. He's taken he's taken sacks every game. It cost him the win last week against Carolina. And I don't know of a better defensive line. I don't know of a better defensive line in the league that's clicking more than ours. Um, Rankin's coming back has been huge. Onyemata's playing great. You got Marcus Davenport. I mean, leaping, uh, making strides in his second year, looking like he's worth every bit of trading that first-round pick. And then you got Cam Jordan, who gets held on every damn play, wreaking havoc. I think this is uh, going to be a long day for Gardner Minshew. And yeah, I, we got all type of guys applying pressure to the quarterback guys. Yep. Malcolm Brown. Yep, yep. Oh, fr- I forgot about Key Malcolm free Brown. agent we point. picked up. Um, From the Patriots. Then we got other guys who – I'm not sure who Stallworth, they are. Yeah. we got, Dante yeah. Stallworth um, yeah, yeah. gained a couple pounds. He's <laughs> rushing a quarterback now. Always had speed, but um, I yeah. Would, I would say top to bottom, this is probably the best defense I've ever seen the Saints have in my lifetime. Yeah, and that's what my – I was talking to my dad early, earlier this week, and he was comparing this defense to um, the defense of, of the Dome Patrol back when we had Ricky Jackson, DeMario, Patrick Willis, yeah. Sam Mills, and Vaughn Johnson. No, Pat um, Swilling. Yeah, Pat Patrick Swillis was um somebody else. Patrick Willis played Patrick for the Niners. Patrick Willis played for the <laughs> Pat yeah, yeah. Swilling. Pat Swilling. You know what he meant. Swillis Willis. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same thing. Um. Anyways, I got three of the four right. That's seventy five percent. Um. <laughs> that's a big easy bet. <laughs> so yeah, I I just want to say Demario Davis. I said it for the yeah. last. I said it last year. I've been saying it. Demario Davis is the best free agent pickup the Saints have ever had. Probably since I I guess. People have been saying Jonathan Vilma. I love Vilma, don't get me wrong, but I think what DeMario Davis does is, I mean, I don't know. I can't go that far. DeMario Davis has been ridiculous. I would say the best free agent pickup since Darren Sharper. That guy, I mean, I don't condone what he did off the field, yeah, yeah, that, but what that, he did on the field, killer. what do you mean? I, I loved Darren Sharper. Oh, you think Sharper was more of a a, be, a bigger pickup? Um. Yeah, I do. I think Sharper was one of the reasons we we won the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. So and yeah, that first too, year, I mean, be, he should have been Defensive Player of the Year that year. Every time he touched the ball, he housed it. He took it, it back. And I guess whatever sound I made, that was because of what he's done is just <laughs> god awful. Oh I mean. yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't condone anything that that guy did off the field. It's kind of ridiculous. You're you're a professional athlete. You're Super Bowl champion, and you're roofing girls at the bar. Like yeah, and um. I don't mean to sound like a homo or anything, but um, <laughs> not that I'm against uh, any of that. But anyways, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you don't even need to I mean, clarify before to, that. You could have just said that. Yeah, he did. I'm just trying to come across straight, you know. But um, <laughs> for any females listening out there, you know, holler at your boy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't get it twisted. Yeah, don't get, don't get it twisted. Um, yeah, no, but Darren Sharper, dude, he's, he no, seems like he's a good-looking guy. He would be able to I know, some talk people... to women and get as many women as he wanted. Yeah, I but know. a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl champion. I mean, some people are just weird, but uh, some people. Anyway, back to my comments where we got <laughs> ruffled up with the uh, Dome Patrol comparison. Our defensive line is is the new Dome Patrol. Yeah, for sure. What you 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 got Davenport, Sheldon Rankins. No, I mean what Omen Yad. I mean we got guys. Uh, all yeah, all no, down the list. I know. Um, no, yeah. And then Cam Jordan. Uh, 
he gets held on seventy Every percent of single the, play of, of, of the plays. He's rushing a quarterback. Um, no, yeah, he's one of the most uh, one of the underappreciated best guys in the league. Players on the defensive side of the ball in the league. I'm happy to have him. When they first drafted Cam Jordan, they drafted him ahead of Mark Ingram in that draft, and Mark Ingram was still on the board. I said, "Damn it, you just passed <laughs> up on the next Emmett Smith, on the next Emmett Smith." And then. Uh, of course, Cam Jordan. We ended up making – we got Cam Jordan and we made a trade with the Patriots to get Mark Ingram, and both those picks paid off. We're missing Ingram a little bit this year, but – um, Yeah. I mean, Murray's had some good runs here and there, but, yeah, he it, it's just not the same combo between him and Kamara as we as we knew to uh, knew to love last year. Um, But I, I don't know. I look for Murray to, to get it going a little bit. He he runs hard. Yeah, and he, he, he's, he, he, he hits the hole fast which is encouraging. Uh, he's a good change of pace guy to bring in for uh, Kamara, who's a little bit more uh, – he waits for the blocks to set up. And, yeah, he's uh, a little more zoomed to his boom. Yeah, then he goes. But, yeah, I do look for um, Murray to pick it up and become a better counterpart to Kamara. Um, the Saints are looking very good, at, and they don't have their best player. They're looking like the best team in the league without the best quarterback in the league. I mean, yeah, when Drew Brees got hurt – I did not see it going as well as it has. Uh, this is every time we win a game now, it's like a weight off my shoulders. I'm so happy to go out and watch Teddy Bridgewater thrive in this offense. It's showing how important a backup quarterback is in this league, and it's just showing how much of a complete team we have. This is fun to watch. If we do go all the way, it's going to make it that much sweeter that we had to go through this adversity dealing with an injury to Drew Brees, the first substantial injury we've had since 2006, or since we've got him in 2006. I think he's missed one game prior to this year. It's going to make it all that much better when we're uh, dancing through the French Quarter. Yeah, um, the Saints are the real deal. I'm also going with them in this game that we're talking about against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Saints are getting one point on the road. This is also my big easy bet. Um, I have a couple more NFL games. We're going to wrap it up for you. I have the the Seahawks going on the road against the Browns there. The Seahawks are one-point favorites. I'm going with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. I think that if the um, Seahawks can take a playbook out of uh, – take a couple of looks at the film of what happened in that San Francisco game, they can get the um, ball rolling with a run game and get some play-action passes maybe deep downfield to Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I think the Seahawks are going to win this game easily. I'm betting against the San Francisco 49ers this week. I'm going with the Rams as four-point favorites at home. The 49ers lose. Who is it? Uh, Kyle Juszczyk. Yep. That's fullback Russian. He had a conspiracy with the election, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> never mind that. He's out with a um, knee injury. He makes a run I believe he's going to be out. If he's not in, you got to hit the Rams in this game. The Rams are hungry for a win after dropping two in a row. And I think that's it. I think that's – I got five games in the NFL, three in college. So Okay. I like it. Um, Yeah, so Patriots minus 16.5 for me. Panthers minus two in London. And then my big easy bet of the week, baby, the New Orleans Saints against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Saints underdogs in this game. Not that big of a money line pick, but this is – I mean, plus one, there's no point taking that point. I'm going to take the point just for the uh, sake of my record here. But I would hammer the money line here. Yeah, well, all of our games we want them to be against. We want all our record to reflect games that are being bet against the spread. Yeah, definitely. So, um, 
Yeah, I'm gonna wrap up real quick. I kind of just wrapped up, but we're gonna get all of them so you we're can gonna double wrap write up. them down. Yeah. Um, I got the Patriots Giants game over 42 and a half points. I got the Panthers versus the Buccaneers. I'm taking the Buccaneers here, uh, getting two points in London. This is gonna be an early kickoff, so you got to get up early to watch this one. I believe. Um, yep, 8:30. You got the Seahawks going on the road against the Browns. The Browns have been struggling, but I look for the Seahawks to uh, keep what they've been doing rolling. And uh, I think the Browns come up slightly short in this one. The Seahawks minus one. And then I have the Rams minus four against the 49ers. And, of course, I have the New Orleans Saints going on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Saints are getting a point. That's our big easy bet. We're riding together in this one. Both locked in on the Saints plus one versus the Jags for the big easy bet. As I said, my worst week picking this past weekend in the NFL, I'm bouncing back this week, and we look to continue staying in the green. Um, again, as always, you can follow us on Twitter, at Big Easy Bets. Let us know if we, if we help you pick a winner. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. We are actually filming this episode, so be on the lookout for video coming. We're just kind of playing around with it right now. Um, but be on the lookout for video coming with our episodes. It'll be on YouTube, and uh, we'll put it everywhere that we can. Um, and, again, guys, hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, yeah, subscribe to the podcast. All right, who that? Y'all have a good one.